Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for joining us today. It means a lot to me that you would take your time to watch anything that I have to say. Uh, it means a lot to me. Um, you know what to do. Find us at pathdesign.com. That's where all our audio episodes are held. All these same things are transferred over to just audio there. Many people we get um, emails and messages from who, who just listen while they're working or that sort of thing. The videos kind of, you know, that's good for people who are kind of ADD, I guess. You need something to watch. Um, but if you're a good multitasker, you can always find the audio stuff um, over there. Same content, different place and uh, different presentation. Reach out to us via email. Podcast at gmail.com is the place to do that if you would like to let us know anything we can pray for you about. Um, shoot, I don't know. But I always say questions, challenges, critiques. We're open to anything, and we're willing to talk to anyone who has maturity and, and humility and the willingness to engage in conversation uh, because we believe thoroughly that is how we learn. Um, that the value of the brotherhood is of utmost importance as we endeavor to understand uh, what the word of Yahweh says. We are talking about accusations in Acts, a subtle removal of truth. We we talked a little bit about, although we did touch on Shaul's name and and why I believe it matters, um, and we talked about the very first onset of this word, um, accuse and and accusers, and, and how Yeshua, when he was confronted by by the 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 group that again is not include all inclusive it wasn't every pharisee and every sadducee and every scribe and every leader as we, as we always see throughout the scriptures in the newer testament there there are those who believed and there are those who hated it there are those who came into the body of messiah and there are those who left and ran them away yeah, i mean it, there is there is always the both principle at play. There are, there are those who will who will come to the light, and there will be some that are repelled by it. I mean, that is a, a simple biblical principle, and that's the case with these leaders as well. But those who, who conspired against Yeshua and against Shaul, um, they were looking for reason to accuse these men, um, righteous men, which we're going to get to in a moment. And we saw that with, with the healing on the Sabbath, and we talked about that as well with the woman caught in adultery. And, and, and as we were told, it's, it's good to be redundant with this. In verse 6, we were told that the whole reason that whole event unfolded was to test Yeshua. And so that they might have reason to accuse him. And so the whole point really isn't about the law of Moses or, or even what Yahweh says. The whole point was to trap Yeshua and to get him to, to follow their train of of just accusing him to to put their thumb on him and keep him down, keep him quiet, and, and get him out of town, ultimately. So that was the whole point of that. Um, we talked about how often the Torah was used to accuse men like um, Shaul and, and, and Yeshua as well, because, you know, that's the whole point of, you know, you can't do that on the Sabbath now, you know. No, uh, no, you know, I don't see that in Torah. I see that in your book, um, which are not the same. <laughs> and that was, of course, the problem we talked about a little bit in uh, part one. But where I left off is we're talking about moving into the latter uh, chapters of the book of Acts. And primarily 23, 24, and 25, a little bit in 26. Um, and we even see a direct 
reference to an accuser at the end of um, the book, the Bible, in Revelation chapter 12 and uh, verse 10. But what I want to do now is I'm just going to read for a little bit. I'm, I'm going to encourage you to pay attention. Uh, I'm going to jump around. This is not going to be verse 1 to the end of chapter 23 and then verse 1, end of chapter 24. I'm not going to do that for the sake of time. I'm going to try to hit high points. And that's why I asked you at the beginning, or at the end rather, of um, part 1 to consider reading um, these four chapters in, in the latter stages of Acts um, so that you would be ready. Um, but let, I'm just, again, I'm just going to jump around. I'm letting you know now. <laughs> I'll tell you where I am, but I'm going to be moving about. And, and I've got some highlighted stuff in here as well. Um, okay. Let's, I was going to go back to 22 because it accused even shows up in chapter 22 and, and previous as well, of course. But let's try to stay focused. Okay. I'm going to start with verse 1. I'm going to help train, get my train of thought going correctly. Shaul, looking intently at the council, said, Brethren, I have lived my life with a perfectly good conscience before Yahweh up to this day. And the high priest, Ananias, commanded those standing beside him to strike him on the mouth. Okay, so there is some hostility here. Um, people don't go slapping other people on the mouth just because they're a little bit annoyed. There, There is a lot of... Well, I mean, what preceded even back in chapter 1 is this violent mob erupts when when Shaul is seized at the temple, and they start doing all these things, grabbing him from the crowd. There's confusion. There's chaos. People are in an uproar. Half of them, were told in the Word of God, don't even know why. I mean, isn't that an indicative of humanity? You know, imagine this mob going crazy because it starts with Shaul standing up and, and, and opposing the... the the Pharisees who are exalting their oral law and tradition and trying to say that that is what governs society. And, you know, he comes in and opposes that and everybody's just raging mad and going crazy. And the mob is getting extreme. And, you know, one guy looks at another and he's like, I don't know, let's just say for fun's sake, he's ready to hit him in the mouth. And he's like, why are you so angry? I don't know. <laughs> why are you angry? I don't know either. And then they just scuffled to the ground. I mean, that's kind of the absurdity of this because we're even told that specifically. Like, they don't even know why they're angry. Um, but anyway, that's beside the point. But it goes on. He's talking about defending himself. He's already standing up and saying all these things. He, he How many times does poor Shaul have to repeat his, his conversion testimony of meeting Yeshua and being blinded by this light? Um, so anyway, he goes against all these things. Um, I've got to move on. I'm going to get, I'm going to go all the way back to 21. We can't do that. And so in, in 23, so here he is, Shaul's getting struck in the mouth just by, by speaking in, in this council. And so Shaul responds, he says this, Yahweh is going to strike you, you whitewashed wall. <laughs> do you sit to try me according to the law and in violation of the law, order me to be struck? But the bystanders said, do you revile Yahweh's high priest? Uh-oh. Shaul said, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't know this. I'm paraphrasing. I was not aware, brethren, that he was high priest. It is written, quote, you shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people. Okay, he's quoting Old Testament. But perceiving that one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, Shaul began crying out in the council. 
And he goes on to tell them who he is, that he's on trial for the hope and resurrection of the dead. Basically, he's like, what's the problem here? I don't get it. What, what in the world? And as he said this, arose a dissension between the Pharisees and Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. The Sadducees, Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, nor an angel, nor a spirit, but the Pharisees acknowledge them all. Uh-oh. So there, agro- there arose a great uproar. Some of the scribes of the Pharisees of the Pharisaic party stood up and began to argue heatedly, saying, We don't find anything wrong with this man. Suppose a spirit or an angel has spoken to him. Okay, so they don't, they don't even agree with one another. Like, there's many points within this we could highlight, and we'll just keep moving, but they don't even have agreement together. They don't even, they're not in unity already. They've got major issues. They're just ready to fight. They're volatile. <laughs> they're not a peaceful people. As a great dissension was developing, the commander was afraid that Shaul would be torn to pieces by these crazy wild men. And he ordered the troops to go down and take him away by force and bring him into the barracks. And then, interestingly, Yeshua um, stands at, at Shaul's side and talks to him. We don't have time to touch that one, but that's pretty awesome, isn't it? And so then there's this conspiracy. The, the, this sect of leaders... Um, conspire um, and take this oath that they, they're not going to eat, drink, sleep. They're not going to do anything until Shaul's dead. <laughs> the, the violence of men in the Bible is, is really, it's troubling. And they take this oath. And until, they quit, until Shaul's dead, they're not going to rest. They're going to fast, basically to kill a man like Shaul, who was delivering the, perhaps the most incredible message ever, is considering the time period. Like, what a gift he had um, given to him to be the mouthpiece for that exact time in uh, all of history. Okay, so let's we got to keep moving on. So Paul goes to, uh, Shaul goes to Caesarea, um, and there's this, you know, there's all these, these court issues, and all these, you know, formalities. And so, wanting to ascertain the charge, this is verse 28 now, chapter 23, and they're explaining, what, why, why is this man Shaul even here? Why is he being brought to us? What's the deal with him? Why are they so mad? Why do they hate this guy? So that's the dialogue, the discourse that's going on. So wanting to ascertain the charge for which they were accusing him, I brought him down to their council, and I found him to be accused over questions about their law but under no accusation, deserving death or imprisonment. And when I was informed that there would be a plot against him, I sent him to you at once, also instructing his accusers to bring charges against him before you. goes on when he read it. All these things are being read in the, in the presence of uh, Shaul. Um, and so they say, I'm going to give you a hearing after your accusers arrive. Um, and until then, he'll be kept in Herod's um, praetorium. His residence. And so five days passed, the high priest Ananias came down with some elders, a certain attorney named Tertullus. They brought charges to the governor against Shaul. And after he had been summoned, Tertullus began to accuse him, saying to the governor, all these things, he's doing this, he's doing that. 
I beg you, oh, your wonderful highness, um, all great and mighty powerful one. Verse 5. We have found this man a real pest, depending on your version. It's quite entertaining how they define him. And he is a fellow who stirs up dissension among all the Jews throughout the world. (laughs) He's a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. He even tried to desecrate the temple. And then we arrested him. And we wanted to judge him according to our own law. Pause. Okay, where is that in my notes? I bring this out later, but now seems uh, like an opportune time. If I can find it quickly. If not, we'll move on. We'll get to it later. But make a mental note, won't you? I may have to do it later because I don't want to sit here and make you wait on me. Look up my notes. Okay? But this is... I can't remember the, the Greek word. It is not, it is not um, referring to Torah. Okay? Let's just... We'll keep it simple. We'll move on for the sake of time and we'll come back to it. And so he's the ringleader of this sect of the Nazarenes. He's desecrating the temple. He is leading the whole world astray. (laughs) And we wanted to judge him according to our own law. But the commander came along with much violence. He took him out of our hands, spoiled the whole thing, ordering his accusers to come before you. By examining, examining him yourself concerning all these matters, you will be able to ascertain the things of which we accuse him. Now, pause real quick. I'm going to fast forward and give you a little bit of a spoiler. That does not happen. It doesn't happen. Now, we're going to go through the details that get us from A to B, but I'm just going to spoil your party now if you don't know it already. They don't come to an understanding that what he's being accused for is even at all possible. It's a ludicrous proposal, and even a court understands that. (laughs) Let's move to uh, verse 13, chapter 24. They cannot prove to you the charges of which they now accuse me. Shaul's getting a chance to speak. Okay, so I should have prefaced that. This is Shaul speaking now. Nor can they prove to you the charges of which they now accuse me. But this I admit to you, that according to the capital W way, which they call a sect, I do serve the Yahweh Elohim of our fathers. Okay, the God of our fathers. Specific now. Believing everything that is in accordance with the law. Okay, there, now again, we have a difference in law that we're talking about here. And if you just read a generic translation or don't do a word study, you won't know the difference. And that's been part of the problem of this subtle removal of truth is, is we've been told about these accusations, but this has been so muddied up. It's just that if it's law ten times in a chapter— but there is a lowercase law that may or may not even be capitalized. And then there's an uppercase law. One is oral tradition, Talmudic law, or and, uh, and just the, the law of the, of the leaders. And one is Torah, Yahweh's law. But nobody ever tells us which one's which. We're just going to read it and make our own assumptions. And that's what's happened to a lot of our understanding towards Shaul's teachings. It takes time for us to understand. We'll get to that as well. Um, so Shaul says, believing everything, I'm believing everything that is in accordance with the law and that is written in the prophets. Having a hope in Yahweh, which these men cherish themselves, <laughs> and they shall certainly be a res- there shall be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. He does all these things. He wants to be blameless um, in his conscience before Yahweh and before men. 
seems like a reputable thing, goal, a good goal to have. <laughs> Verse 17, Now after several years I came to bring alms to my nation and to present offerings, in which they found me occupied in the temple, having been purified. Okay, so let's just stop right there. Just again, this this make this has to be mentioned. If if Shaul is promoting a new gospel that eradicated what preceded him, why is he occupied in the temple, presenting offerings, bringing alms, having been purified? That's just a good question, and you need to study that out if you don't make the connection, but I don't have time to, to uh, go there right now. He says he's doing all these things without any crowd or uproar. There's no big deal. He said, I'm just going to the temple. I'm bringing my sacrifices, offerings. I am occupied with myself. I've been purified. So he did something to purify himself. He didn't say, I'm washed in the blood of Jesus, so I'm purified. This is all one sentence, one train of thought about understanding some things about what's taking place. No big deal. I'm just doing it like I've always done it, as I would summarize what he's saying. But there were certain Jews from Asia who ought to have been present before you and to make accusation if they should have something against me. He goes on, verse 22, But Felix, having a more exact knowledge of the way. Oh, man. How, how, many, how many hours can we talk about the Bible, people? <laughs> Felix. Okay, so there's this guy, and and what what a great way to be known and recorded throughout all of history. He this man having a more exact knowledge about the way put them off. He put off their accusations, saying, "When Lysias the commander comes down, I'll decide your case. Just I'll take care of this." Goes on, verse twenty-five. As he was discussing righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix became frightened. This is um, Paul was speaking again. Shaul was speaking. Well, that's irrelevant. I don't, I'm sorry. Let's move on to chapter 25. I don't want to read things that aren't like specifically applicable for the sake of time. So this, this man, Festus, he goes up to Jerusalem. The chief priests, the leader, leading men of the Jews, brought charges against Shaul, and they were urging him, requesting a concession against Shaul that he might have him brought to Jerusalem, setting an ambush to kill him on the way. I mean, it's just, it's never ending. They're relentless. Verse 5, Therefore he said, Let the influential men among you go there with me, and if there is anything wrong about the man, let them prosecute him. And why am I reading all these in just kind of scattered form? There is a theme constantly throughout this, these latter books of Acts about men saying one thing, not being able to prove it, other men looking at the circumstance and saying, I don't know what the problem is. Y'all are all riled up. You're ready to beat each other up, and you're ready to kill this poor guy. And I just don't get it. Other than he doesn't like what you're saying. He's opposing... He's oppo opposing your oral law and traditions. Big deal. Get over it. Of course, their side is, yeah, and he's ruining what we're doing here. He's ruining, ruining our livelihood. <laughs> We've got a good thing going here. And he's coming in here talking all this, 
nonsense about that we are we are the same he's calling us the same names that that his messiah did and they of course don't like it i get it after he had arrived the jews who had come down from jerusalem verse 7 of chapter 25 they stood around him bringing many and serious charges against him which they could not prove Paul goes on, he says, look, I've, I've, I've committed no offense. I didn't do anything. I'm not doing what you're saying I'm doing, which was what? You're tearing down the law of Moses. You're destroying the synagogue. You're opposing all these things. You hate the Torah. He's saying, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I have the problem with you, friend. <laughs> He goes on in verse 10, I have done no wrong to the Jews, as you also very well know. If I am a wrongdoer and have committed anything worthy of death, I don't refuse to die. In other words, I believe he's saying, look, I know what the Torah says. I could probably, he could probably recite it. Teacher of teachers, man. Trained with Gamaliel. It was his life, was, and it continued to be <laughs> in Messiah I've done nothing wrong. You know that. If I'm wrong, if I am transgressing the Torah, then so be it. Have your way. If I am doing what you're saying I'm doing, kill me. But they could never do it. They could never prove it. Because it was what? Accusations alone. So it goes on. Let's jump down to verse 18. And when the accusers stood up, they began bringing charges against Shaul, not of such crimes as I was expecting, but they simply had some points of disagreement with him about their own religion. Now, um, is this Festus? Yeah, this is Festus laying Shaul's case before the king. And so he says his accusers are standing up bringing charges against him, and I can't even believe what they're saying he's doing wrong. It's ludicrous. But their real issue is they had disagreements with him about their own religion. Being at a loss how to investigate such matters, I asked whether he was willing to go to Jerusalem and stand trial there on these matters. There's an appeal and all these different things. Crazy legalities that Shaul has to go through. Verse 25, I found that he had committed nothing worthy of death. And since he himself appealed to the emperor, I decided to send him here. I have nothing definite about him to write to you. It, can, it continues on in chapter 26, verse 2. In regard to all these things which I am accused, again, uh, Shaul speaking, I consider myself fortunate that I'm about to make my defense before you today. So again, he knows here, here he is again, standing trial. Somehow, patiently, he's honest, but he's enduring suffering. He's enduring suffering for the, for the name and the cause of Messiah. So verse 6, he says this, Now I'm standing trial for the hope of the promise made by Yahweh to our fathers. So in other words, I'm standing here on trial because I'm proclaiming the good news that originated back with Abraham. I'm, I'm speaking of the prophesied Messiah has come and brought us everything we've all been waiting for here 
and read about here in the synagogue, and I'm on trial for it. <laughs> Verse 7, the promise to which our 12 tribes hope to attain. Now, this, is, this, is, this can become real deep real fast, but this is where we have to understand the full gospel. And the 12 tribes understanding and the scattering of the nations and going the ways of the nations or going the ways of Yahweh Elohim. The good news. <laughs> the Gentile goyim reality. For this hope, O king, I'm being accused by the Jews. So let's just stop there. There's so many more we could read. This constant theme is present. And just the little bit we read, I believe, it paints a clear picture. And let me put it like this. The, the tradition that I've been handed in Christianity has been that Paul was coming up against the teachers of the Torah, telling them that the reason that they hated him was because they couldn't let go, excuse me, they couldn't let go of the Torah because the Old Testament had been replaced by Yeshua. And there's a new covenant church here now, and they couldn't embrace it. And so he came up against them, and they hated it. They couldn't stand this Messiah. But friends, that's not what the Bible tells us. And just the little bit we've read here in, in only four chapters, maybe 40 verses, maybe. Shaul was coming against the same thing Yeshua did, which is, the whitewashed tomb reality, which is you are exalting yourself above my father's law and you are creating your own religion. And, and interestingly enough, it's hard for us to wrap our brains around this because this is such a complex issue. That is equally what was birthed in latter stages of third century church, fourth century church when Roman Catholic state church came into play. Now, yet another version of religion. We own the church. We own the rights to the apostolic church that Peter and Paul established on the earth to replace all that Jewish stuff. But friend, I'm telling you, the best I understand, and I've spent a lot of time on this over the last several years, the first and second century church gathering of, of set-apart ones, absolutely hands-down done deal went to the synagogue, did feasts and Sabbath, and stood up and read the Torah and clung to it like glue because it was the way of their father. And the way of their father was played out and even elevated by the son. That's what I say all the time to anyone who has ears to hear. When people say, oh, well, good luck keeping all those commands. Okay, so I say, well, here, let me just... Throw this in there, a little wrench in the gears to that presentation. Well, good luck then keeping Yeshua's commands. Because Yeshua, from my understanding, the way I verbalize it is, you had, you had the Torah, okay? And then you had Yeshua's challenging ways. Not a replacement. I call it an exaltation of, an elevation of. Because he said, look, man, this I'm saying now... Instead of, don't, ha, don't be found in fornication, okay? Yeshua comes, he takes that, and he raises the bar because he is all about the heart of man. And he says, look, I'm saying if you even have that in your heart as an imagination, 
It is as you have done it. Right? Murder. Hating a brother. All these things. So so when, when the, 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 the Christianese verbiage comes out and says, yeah, well, good luck keeping the Torah and that whole laundry list of do's and don'ts, I say, well, if that's true, then how in the world do I ever walk righteous in front of my king? Because all of those things were elevated in Yeshua. And if we have bought into the, the deception that, well, we just love now. <laughs> love God and love your neighbor. Friends, those are a summary of the many. <laughs> Hopefully we know that. Um, and so this, this subtle removal of truth, I would submit to you for consideration, has possibly come down through the generations through the accusations established in a misunderstanding and a misappropriation of the book of Acts and many things that Shaul wrote. We're going to move further into uh, just my opinion towards that here in just a little bit. Praise the Father, uh, part two is just basically me reading the Bible. Can't get much better than that, can you? Holy cow, we've got to get moving, though. You're watching the Path to Zion podcast. We are rediscovering the ancient way. This is Accusations and Acts, a subtle removal of truth. We'll be back with part three right after this. Amen.